Dr. Amalia Gonyas Malka. Welcome to Womanity, Woman in Unity, the show that celebrates prominent and ordinary African women's milestone achievements in their struggles for liberation, self-emancipation, human rights, democracy, racism, socioeconomic class division, and gender-based violence. Joining us on the line today from Addis Ababa is Professor Agbo, who is the African Union Commissioner for Human Resources, Science and Technology, which consists of education, youth and capacity development, and science and technology. Before being elected, she was the Deputy Vice-Chancellor responsible for research, cooperation and relations with the business world at the University of Bamenda, Northwest region of Cameroon. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Prof Agbo, your most recent position as African Union Commissioner for Human Resources, Science and Technology holds enormous responsibility for directing and nurturing the skills of our people and the future economies of the continent, some of which don't exist today as new innovations are yet to be conceived. Your department promotes research, cooperation amongst member states on education and training, as well as implementing Agenda 2063 initiatives for African virtual and e-university and the Africa Outer Space Strategy. Please, can you tell us about some of the programs that are underway in the department and their relevance to women in particular? Thank you very much, Dr. Maria. Um, like you rightly said, this department, Human Resources, Science and Technology, has three divisions. And the three divisions are education, science, technology, innovation, and youth and human resources. But from this year, the department will no longer be called the Department of Human Resources, Science and Technology. It will be called the Department of Education, Science, Technology, and Innovation because there is a new reform underway. And the new commission that will be coming in will have to start that new um, um, new reform that we have put in place. So what are the programs underway in my department? Under education, we have the Continental Education Strategy for Africa 2016-2025. Like you rightly said, Agenda 2063 is the 50-year um, blueprint of the Africa we want. And it started in 2013 uh, with 50 years. And this 50 years was divided into five phases, five phases of 10 years each. And for each 10 years, there is an objective, a goal that we must achieve. So the African Union member states came up with this continental education strategy for Africa. And under this education um, uh, educational uh, strategy for Africa, we had some strategic objectives amongst revitalize the teaching profession, build and rehabilitate infrastructure, harness the capacity of ICT, accelerate processes leading to gender parity and equity, and expand TV opportunities, revitalize and expand tertiary education, promote peace education and conflict prevention and resolution, and improve the management of education system as well as the statistic tool. And then from these strategic objectives, we came up with um, thematic clusters. So we have thematic clusters like ICT, like TVET, early child education development, life skills, etc. 
And it, it is very important because today we are celebrating the International Day of Education. So in our education clusters, the African Union member states also adopted the Pan-African University Institutes. And this is one of the programs we run in my department. We have the Pan-African University Institute for Water, Energy, and Climate Change, hosted by the University of Clemson in Algeria, representing the North African region. We have the Pan-African University for Science, Technology, Innovation, um, hosted by the Jomo Kenyatta University of Technology, representing East Africa. We have the Pan-African University for Life and Earth Sciences, hosted by the University of Ibadan, representing West Africa. We have the Pan-African University for um, Governance, Humanities, and Social Sciences, hosted by the University of Yaoundé Tusua in Cameroon, representing Central Africa. And then we have the Pan-African University for Space Sciences to be hosted by Africa, but we are yet to take off. The Pan-African University contributes to the attainment of Aspiration 1 of the Agenda 2063. The Pan-African University has registered uh, many achievements in the continent by building human uh, resources. Like when you spoke about the Department of Human Resources, Science and Technology, we are to facilitate knowledge, build bridges, provide skills, promote innovation, and build human capital for the Africa we want by 2063. We have the African Plan of Action for Youth Empowerment, a five-year continental framework. So our departmental role is also to promote science, technology, and innovation. So the African Union member states adopted CESA, the Science, Technology, and Innovation Strategy for Africa, which seeks to place science, technology, and innovation at the center of development. So from this different um, strategy that I've mentioned, our department ensures the coordination of the African Union programs and projects on human resource development matters to promote science and technology. And we also encourage and provide technical support to member states in the implementation of policies and programs in, it, in, in, in its fields of education, science, technology. Now, some of the programs underway in our department and their relevance to women in particular, like you rightly answered, is that the African Union uh, member states, they came up with the International Center for the Education of Girls and Women. We call it the African Union um, AUCFA. So the AUCFA is supposed to work on the manner in which we strengthen knowledge, um, capacity building for women in Africa. The African Union also have the AWLN, African Women Leaders Network, which also promotes studies on women. It is important that I should emphasize here that the commission speaks on gender parity, and that gender parity is seen at the helm of our government. For example, in the commission, we have five men and five women leading the commission. Now, the other programs that we have in our department is the PABU, the Pan-African Virtual and E-University. And this Pan-African Virtual and E-University uh, was launched in 2019. And we've been able to do some courses that can impact and recalibrate the qualifications of youth in Africa, particularly women. 
because many of our uh, youth in Africa have certificates, but those certificates do not speak about competencies and skills. And when you talk about the future of work, when you talk about jobs, acquisition, what the job employers are speaking are competencies and skills. How do we therefore recalibrate their qualifications for them to be able to get jobs? Because most often they say they cannot get jobs, but they cannot get jobs because they do not have the right skills and competencies. And the Pan-African Virtual and E-University, in collaboration with ZMware from the Silicon Valley in California, we came up with the virtualization and class computing, which was a course given free of charge to students. And then in, in, in connection with UNESCO, we came up with um, a management information sciences that can make them efficient to be able to get jobs. The other thing on science and technology that we do to promote women in particular is the regional research grant that we give to women, the African Union Kwame Nkrumah Scientific Excellence Awards. 10 women from five regions, two per region, and they are giving $20,000 each. And um, I, I, I need to acknowledge uh, and appreciate, appreciate the European Union Commission for always making available this money for our women who get these grants. Then we have the AU Research Grant Program, also to promote women in science and technology. Thank you very much for explaining and describing all of the different legs of the Pan-African University and in particular how your department fits in and facilitates components from a technology perspective uh, as well as human capital development and more so on, on the influence of women. In terms of our show, we are always looking at the ways in which we ensure that women don't get left behind by the technological and economic revolution that's taking place. So whilst you've spoken about some of the support structures, be it Silicon Valley, be it the European Union, and being able to almost translate academic qualifications into practical contexts so that skills and capabilities are seen as relevant by organizations in the world of work, can you tell us how you're seeing ways in which we can really encourage women to participate and pursue opportunities in science and technology? The African Union believes in the policy of inclusivity. Yes, you are quite right that women need to be motivated to participate more in sustainable development, particularly in science and technology. And that is why under our continental education strategy for Africa, we seek to set up a qualitative system of education and training to provide the continent with efficient human resources. We have a cluster that we call life skills and career guidance cluster. And this cluster um, helps to coordinate this cluster is at the level of member states. These clusters, the members, the people who participate, facilitate, are the member states themselves, so that they can actually boost the image of science, technology, innovation in their very nations. Because what is important now is implementation, action. How do we go beyond rhetoric? How do we bring in the women? We've also um, encouraged member states to have national um, awards. To, to, to facilitate um, women in science. Now, under the Continental Education Strategy for Africa, we also have the ICT 
community in education cluster. Then we also have STEM, particularly STEM for girls. It's very, very important to boost it. And then the Julius Ingenieurs Scholarship that we give at the master's levels. Also, we, we put more emphasis on the women to help them develop. So those are the things that we are doing under tech. And then what I've done in my department is to have a Women in Science Day celebration. Every month since COVID started, we started this African Union Women in Science. And every month we have a theme and we bring in women that have been able to make breakthroughs in scientific research to speak as well as motivate the young women coming up. So those are the things we have been able to put in place to make sure that when we speak science, technology, innovation, we are actually walking the talk and going beyond rhetoric and causing action to be felt on the ground. And you're showcasing role models, you're showcasing talent, the development that, that women have achieved in their respective roles and their successes in the science frame. Prof Agbar, yes. turning towards more of a, of a personal perspective, you hold your PhD in English, a Master of Arts in English, and a Bachelor of Arts in Classic English from the University of Abidjan in Nigeria. Please tell us what role would you say that education has played in your life? Thank you very much. I believe that the person I am today is because of the education I got. I grew up knowing that education is a passport to life. My father was fond of saying, when you don't have a godfather, your education becomes your godfather and is the key that will open doors of opportunities for you. So my educational background has actually impacted on my life, the way I see, in the way I conceive, and in the way I act. And um, the cosmology of life itself that I learned from my people, their values and their ethics have also impacted on me. For me, I believe that education, in line with the African Union and that of the UN, is a basic right a public responsibility and a government responsibility. I believe that every child should have at least a secondary school education. Because for us to achieve the Africa we want, Agenda 2063, when we speak of an Africa that is integrated, when we speak of an Africa that is prosperous, when we speak of an Africa that is peaceful, the education, the background of the people we are speaking about is important. And sitting where I sit now, and from the experiences I've garnered over the three and a half years I've spent as Commissioner for Human Resources, how would I have been able to cope as a Commissioner for Human Resources, Science and Technology, when I don't even have a science background? My education has prepared me for it, because now I can read, I can work with experts, they can explain to me, I can understand, and I can deliver. But my education has been able to open my mind, widen my horizon, and to be able to know that um, knowledge is not absolute. We learn every day. So I am who I am because of my background, number one, because of my parents, because of the education they gave me as for hard work, ethics and values, as well as the formal education I acquired. That has been able to open doors for me to be able to participate in many things. Firstly, from an education point of view, you've clearly illustrated that the skills that one acquires from education are 
transferable, whether you are trained in literature, whether you are trained in pure sciences, how the skill set, yeah. the capabilities can cross-pollinate through to different disciplines. And spending a little bit more time on your background, you're originally from Cameroon. Please, can you share some yeah. of your perspectives regarding gender equality in Cameroon and what gaps still need to be overcome? Um, I was born and raised in Lagos. So I spent most of my life in Nigeria. Then I went to Cameroon. I've spent over 23 years in Cameroon steadily. And I want to believe that the perspective I'm going to share with you is not just about Cameroon, but to be about Africa as a whole. You know, we grew up in a patriarchal structure and that patriarchal structure speaks, there's a proverb that I often use that women are seen and not heard. And we need to break those barriers. There needs to be a paradigm shift. Because in Cameroon, in those days, what I saw then as, as of the 90s was that women were not forthcoming. And many of the people I see were always maybe going into the teaching profession or nursing profession, etc. Because like we know, what is gender? Ascribe roles given to being male or female. And, and you grow up inculcating the culture of your people. What is gender? The reference of gender is an innate thing that you develop. Women don't speak the way you speak. If you sit down, you have to cross your legs. If you have to, if a man is speaking, you keep quiet. Two bulls cannot drink from the same bucket. They will lock arms. But now it is changing. Seriously, it is changing. Because if it's not changing, people like me will not be seated where I'm seated. Because now women are coming up. They are getting their PhDs. They are being well-trained in different fields. In fact, one of the women that won the Kwame Nkrumah Regional Award was Professor Reyes Leke of Cameroon. She's an emeritus professor in biotechnology and an outstanding woman at that. Uh, they, they are giving room for women to become uh, um, uh, ministers. You find women as technical advisors in the prime minister's office. So I think that um, those perspectives, they are trying to move in line with the decision of the African Union that we should try to bring in the, the policy of inclusivity where women can attain certain heights. So there is a change coming up. It is slow, but there's action on the ground. And what I would want to also emphasize on is that women need to be more outspoken. They need to be more strategic in the manner in which um, uh, they see or they feel, and, and even in the manner in which they speak, because there seems still women who are well-educated, but who are very patriarchal. They still see themselves in that domesticated role that they've been put in. But if we have to strive, it takes an individual, your own personal feeling, your own vision of who do you want to be? What do you want to be? How do you want to impact on the sustainable development of your country? So I believe that um, women are coming up. The governments are very conscious of the need to make sure that women come in for us to have a balanced government. Because the perspective of a woman might be different from the perspective of a man, but a woman being a mother can actually do more than a man can do because of feelings. I'm not being um, egocentric or sexist, but I'm just trying to say that if women are given the opportunities, they do better, they bring their best. Hi, this is Lira, South African Afro soul singer and songwriter. You're listening to Womanity, Women in Unity, presented by Dr. Amelia Malka 
on Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance, a program that celebrates prominent and ordinary African women's milestone achievements in their struggle for liberation, self-emancipation, human rights and democracy. Today we're talking to Professor Sarah Agbar, who is the African Union Commissioner for Human Resources, Science and Technology. We would love to receive your comments on Twitter at Womanity Talk. You spoke about some of the achievements that women are making across the continent. And I think from a South African perspective, we have at the moment 50% representation of women in cabinet. You also spoke about the need for women to be more outspoken, to be more strategic in terms of what they're doing. And my question to you now is that there seems to be a challenge of of socialization, that if we come from a patriarchal background, we still carry that baggage with us, which tends to inhibit our development. You also mentioned the fact of when a door of opportunity is opened, then women can embrace that opportunity and rise to her full potential. So how do you see us being able to open more opportunities and doors of possibilities so that we get... Well, let's say in, ensure that women have a better future. Um, I think it starts first from us as individual, then as a collective. I believe that parents have the responsibility to educate their girl children. They should not think that the woman's education ends only in the kitchen. We should rise far above that. Now, the kids who have gone to school, they should be given more opportunity to learn. And then we should open up our minds. When we speak of the future of Africa today, we're talking about science, technology, innovation. So women need to go into more of STEM courses. But how do we make those courses attractive to the, to the students, to the people in schools? So we need to make science attractive to the kids in school that they get interested. Because right now we have a program that we are doing with IUT that they said the African girls can code where we have uh, teenagers coming in, in to do uh, under artificial intelligence, to do coding, etc. But it's because they've been trained. So mentorship, mentorship is very, very important. Those of us who have gone ahead, let us hold the hands of the others. Then the government has a responsibility. Let them open infrastructures and even things that can motivate women to get more involved in this. For, for, for example, the African Union representative for women, Her Excellency um, Diop, she has, she has brought up a program that we call the African Women Leaders Network, AWLN. And we have the AWLN also for the younger generation. And what do, does she do with this program? We bring in mentors, women, like the former Liberian president, to come and speak, mentor these kids. So we have um, uh, programs that we do that we bring in great women who can speak to our young women, motivate them, inspire them. And like that, they get interested. And one other thing is that to boost self-esteem, like self-esteem, self-dignity, self-value, nobody can give you except you give it to yourself. But another way to boost the self-esteem of women and girls is education. It is not necessarily education that has to lead to a PhD, no, but education that speaks to competencies, whether they become market sellers, but at least they are educated, they can interact, they can communicate. It should be a holistic intervention. It's very, very important. So I think that 
it is for us women who are already in positions of power to speak to our policies so that those policies will reflect the needs of women and then there will be action plans on how to strategically boost the image of women and bring them to the table. Because the gender unit of the African Union is doing this and we've also had other programs that we have been doing together that um, boost the image of women. So these things are very important for us to do. And the life skills and career guidance can also boost the image of women on STEM and make them more, more available to participate in sustainable development of their different nations. And that is also where we have the educational outcomes for girls and women on the move, which has been coordinated by the African Union uh, CFA, the International Center for the Education of Women and Girls. Now, we also have other um, groups that we work with. For example, the Forum of African Women Educationists, FAWI, they are also working in boosting the image of women, particularly girls' child, particularly girls who have been internally displaced or who have been refugees or those who have gotten pregnant. The Forum of African Women Educationists came up with a model school where girls who are pregnant can go to school and then there's a nursery beside it where they can keep their children because being pregnant does not make you unable to learn. So those are the things that we need to do to advance girls and women empowerment for sustainable development. It is very reassuring to know that there are policies that are in place and policies that are mapped out in the future that women's education, that there's economic contribution, that there's social contribution is taken care of in a way. And also the fact that you are utilizing the mentorship um, of great people like the former president of Liberia, other people who are able to give back their knowledge as a, a learning curve for, for younger women that are, are running up the ranks. One question that yeah. I ask all my guests, and it's more of a reflective question, is about some of the factors that they consider have contributed to their success. So could you share with us a few of the areas or, or key drivers that have been important factors in your success? Thank you. The first one is, I would say, is my parental guidance. I had um, parents who believe in education and who guided my path. Then the second one that has helped me are my teachers who have been my mentors, particularly my supervisors. Um, particularly my PhD supervisor. I, I had my PhD in 98 up to today. We still communicate every week. So he's been a great mentor for me. Then the third one is my religion. I, my belief in God. And I know fully well that uh, when you are a child of God, you need to work harder. The third one, the fourth one, I will say, are my principles. I have a vision and I have a goal. And for every vision and every goal that I have, I work towards the achievement of that vision and that goal. So that is how I'm able to get up to here, having self-esteem for myself, having self-value for myself, um, following rules of, of, of rules of success. One, teamwork. Two, humility. Knowing fully well that I do not know all, I need to be humble. The fear of God, 
um, discipline, discipline, not to follow the crowd, but to have your own vision and your own dreams, and then working rigorously. These are the factors, or these are the uh, boosters that I've used to get to where I am today. So my advice is that as a person, you should believe in yourself first. And that when the going gets tough, know that every other person have faced such tough areas. So from every um, critical situation that you find yourself, there should be an answer. It should be like a, a springboard to your promotion, a springboard for you to achieve something better. And then having a cool temperament, because when you are very, very impulsive, you, you most often um, you get into trouble. I'm a spontaneous person. And so most often I have to place a guard on myself. I have to be very, very self-conscious to know that there are certain things that do's and don'ts that you don't do. I remember that when I defended my PhD, my jury said to me, PhD is not for pride, but PhD is for humility. You have just started the education journey. So don't think that with your PhD, you have arrived. And I've never forgotten that statement. And it made me to understand that you get to where you need to get to with a lot of humility, a lot of humility and a lot of discipline and self-respect for your for yourself. So this has been the various ways have my, my, my personal journey that I've been able to go through, my, my respect for God, my, my fear of God, and then also respecting people. When you respect people, because the value of life is the same, whether you are rich or poor, the value of life is the same. Whether the person is a cleaner, a secretary, or whatever, you must respect them. Because you, you cannot achieve alone. You achieve with people. In the kind of places that I've worked, I have to work with people. And teamwork is very, very important. But I discovered that when you respect people, they'll be very loyal to you. And they'll be very, very dedicated to you. So respect for one for, for each other is uh, respect for the people that work around me is one of the things that have made me to achieve success so far as I, I can say. Those are great lessons, very, very practical, and I can hear the spontaneity in your voice. It's a fantastic energy factor. One more question <laughs> relating to your background. Can you tell us who have been some of the strong women in your life? My mother, my mother, and uh, what a coincidence. Today is 25th of, uh, of January. My mother passed on the 26th of January, 2016. That humble woman, she has impacted a lot in my person. So my mother is one of the people that I respect so much. And I thank God for giving me such a mother. The other person I can think of right now is um, my aunties who have stood by me, the ones that when I travel back home to Cameroon during holidays, they will teach me my culture. Because I was born out of Cameroon, but I'm fully Cameroonian. I understand the ethics because of the people that work around me. Now, when it comes to my professional life, the women who have impacted on me, when I was on my... Um, on my sabbatical in the U.S., I had people that I respected so much. And one of them is Faith Harrell. And then in Cameroon, Professor Mathai Yoke has been a mentor, and she has stood by me. Professor Maureen Tangi has been a mentor and has stood by me. Mrs. Ray Ako, she's been a mother to me, and she has stood by me. And Mrs. Colette Takaneyo 
That is a formidable woman. These are women whom I see as role models, and they've been able to impact on me. And um, I've understood that um, the journey of life itself can, can never be smooth. It is not a bed of roses. There are ups and downs. But these women, they are great counselors who will tell you that there is nothing that you are seeing that is new, but they've been there. Now, when I move and I begin to see, I, I was able to sit side by side with uh, the minister, Pandlo. Oh, I love her. I love her voice. I love the way she reasons. I was with her in this um, South African Science Forum where we were with the, uh, and she spoke. She is one woman I respect because of the way she analyzes, particularly during summits. When she picks the microphone to speak, I respect her person and I respect the way she sees. Um, another woman that I admire and who has become a role model for me is Dr. Konjo Iwela from Nigeria. No matter the positions she takes, you actually see beauty with brains going with it. So I admire them. And they are role models for me, including Dr. Vera Sogwe from my own country. I admire them so much. When we also look at it, I don't want to forget um, the women have met on the political terrain. I don't want to mention names because if I mention one and I don't mention the other, uh, it will be it will be it will be a problem. But within the commission itself, my sisters' commissioners have also been great inspiration to me. Uh, we have um, Commissioner Mira, the immediate commissioner for social affairs. Commissioner uh, Josepha Sako is also the commissioner for uh, agriculture and rural economy. Commissioner Amani, who is also the commissioner for infrastructure and energy. And Commissioner uh, Aminata Samate, the commissioner for political affairs, including our sister, the AU representative for peace and gender, we call them now Mama because of our AWLN network, Mama Diop, Binata Diop. These are women with vision. These are women with focus. These are women who have sacrificed to be able to carry their portfolio to where it is now. And I believe that they have made the flag of the continent to shine so much. So I believe that we've been able to work together like this because first we are sisters, and as sisters, we are working together for one purpose, the transformation of the Africa we want, an integrated, prosperous, and peaceful Africa. So these are the people who have influenced me that I can mention for now. Thank you for sharing some of the women who have been part of your life, who have mentored and nurtured you. Now, as we close out the show today, please can you share a few words of inspiration or words of wisdom that you'd like to pass on to women who are listening to us on the continent? My dear sisters, my dear mothers, my dear daughters, the journey of life is a difficult one, but with humility, with the fear of God, with purpose of mind, and with discipline, we can achieve what we dream of ourselves. The most important thing is to dream. And when you dream, dream big. Don't let the little obstacles that deny you think that you cannot make it. You can always make it. And pray along with your dreams. Pray along with your dreams. And remember that the words you speak about yourself, they are spirits. So when you want to speak about yourself, you want to speak about your children, 
speak positively. And when you want to edify, edify positively. And don't ever be ashamed of failing. Because when you fail, you rise up again. When you fail, it means that you have made an attempt. But when you are scared of taking um, taking uh, opportunities, because you are scared of failure, you, you will never, ever make it. So when the going gets tough, like my mother used to say, the tough gets going. And when you fail, when people laugh at you, let them laugh. But you have made an attempt and you can still get up from where you are and make a better story of yourself. We are women and we are women with wisdom because God has endowed the women. So I challenge you today. I inspire you today that you can rise from grass to grace. The point you are now is not your limit. Your limit is unlimited. So you need to know that whatever position you find yourself and you want to Dream better, dream better and work towards that goal. Hard life does not kill a person. Hard life only makes you a better person. So life is good and our dreams can be achieved together with the people that make up our life. And in every relationship that you have, always give a limit to which people can actually hurt you. When you have that barrier, then whatever happens to you, you can always wash it down and move ahead without having a negative repercussion from any sad encounter. Thank you very much, Doctor. Thank you for that fantastic message of motivation and inspiration, of unity, of of belief, of striving forward, of knowing that there is no limit to life. It has been an absolute pleasure having you on the show and we wish you all of the best during your term of office and in your celebration of International Day of Education. Thank you again for coming on to Womanity. Thank you very much, my sister. Thank you. God bless you. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. And happy International Day of Education. Absolutely. You have been listening to Womanity, Woman in Unity on Channel Africa, The African Perspective. And we have been talking to Professor Agbo, who is the African Union Commissioner for Human Resources, Science and Technology.